Welcome to The Lively Show. Let's explore the beauty of being alive. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. Today is a special interview. I haven't done interviews in a very long while, as you may know, but this one is with my dear friend, Jessica Gina of Detroit, Michigan. You may have seen her if you follow me on Instagram. I reference, or even in like my Q&As and stuff, we'll mention my friend Jess in Detroit. Well, this is my friend Jess in Detroit. You're about to meet her. She is the founder of Shop Coquette. Dot com, a little cute fancy pantry store, and someone that I speak to more than any other human on the planet, especially in the last year. We talk to each other. Typically, we can go a day or two without talking, which feels like three years, but otherwise we're usually talking one to three hours a day. She is someone I care about so, so, so much, and I have talked to you endlessly about so many subjects in our own lives, self-reflecting endlessly about our own lives and talking about victim stories, which is the theme coming up of our new class, Empowered, I-N, Powered. Empowered is the new class, and I thought it would be so fun to have her on the show to share her story, identifying and dropping her own victim stories and what it feels like for her in her own reality on the subjects that her mind has played victim to in the past and how she's feeling about them all now. So we're going to go into the show, but for those that feel like the class might be a fit for you, just want to say next Wednesday is our first class start, May 24th. So if you feel it's a fit, you can go over and register at bellalively.com slash empowered. I'm excited to work with you if you feel it's a fit, but for now, let's go meet Jess. Let's go to the show. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I know it's even though it sounds like to the listeners this is the first moment we're speaking. It's really what hour three of the day. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much hour three attempt three at this episode itself. As you're listening to this, guys, yeah. <laughs> we are we're going at it again because you and I. If there's one thing we like to do, it is talk. Yes. All Masters. right. We are masters at talking to one another endlessly about everything endlessly. So for everyone that is, mm -hmm. they might have even seen me mention you, especially during the holiday season when you were doing your little market in Coquette, uh, they mm -hmm. might not know who is this person that she kind of speaks about this Jess in Detroit. Jess in Detroit, tell us about yourself. Yes, I am living, yes, living in downtown Detroit. I'm 40, almost 41. Um, single and ready. Single. <laughs> I'll say this at the same time because actually, here's a question for wait. Okay, okay. okay. If you had to if, remember Mash. Remember that game that people played, like mansion, apartment, shack, house. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay, yes. so if I had to say you had to pick one first, the uh -huh. body you want, the money you want, or the person you want to be with, what would you pick first? Ooh, that's an amazing question. I can't believe we never had this I think seven I'm, hour I conversation think before. You. What? I know. Which one? The body, I think. But you would pick that first. I think the body. Yeah. Well, that does come so. as a shocker for those that don't know. We talk mostly about the relationship issue, <laughs> not issue, mm -hmm. the, the desire for partner that you have. So, but you pick body first. If you could pick of any of the three. Yeah, you know why? I think I think the body issue, like we've talked about, like having those insecurities about it is the reason I haven't found the partner. So if I had the body, then I would oh have Oh my gosh, that's the story. That is the story. 
of, of, of okay, well, we're going to get into this, guys. Right? So you guys are going to know the backstory to this okay. story that she's yeah. sharing and why. But, okay, so <laughs> you're like, what <laughs> is she talking about? Body, money, partner. You're single, obviously. But what else? <laughs> what else about yourself, my friend? Yes. So I have a little um, online business, Coquette, where I sell gift sets. It's, it's cooking and entertaining. And it's fancy pantry. Related. So cook. Yeah, essentially. So cookbooks and curated gift sets and fancy pantry stuff. So, and then I'm also a freelance graphic designer. She may or may not have invented the term yep. fancy pantry. We're not sure, but it seems to be trending yeah. well when she's been using it. <laughs> yes. I want to claim it, but you know, yeah, yeah, claim know. it it's out there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. We have so many inside <laughs> jokes you guys are maybe going to pick up on as we do this conversation. One of them being claim it. Tell them, tell them where claim it came from, Jess. Okay. So I'm a TikTok, TikTok obsesso. So, um, a lot of times if anyone's on TikTok, you'll know, you get those, um, tarot readers who come up and then everyone, anytime someone says something that they want in the comments, you'll just see, claim it, claim it. Like as if that was <laughs> the, the trick to getting everything you wanted in this world. <laughs> you will become fabulously wealthy and the lover of your life is going to fall into your arms tomorrow. Claim it. <laughs> claim it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That if is a, that worked. Yeah. yeah. That's like a movie waiting to happen. Claim it. Okay. It really is. So you've got Coquette and it's going well. Mm -hmm. What else is, you know, your passions in life, my friend? I would say life is the passion, really. And so, but, but diving deeper is like style, design, family, food, uh, just Sexy living well. Those are like the passions. Oh, yeah good lingerie. That's, that's a goal. And then what else? Uh, see-through clothing. <laughs> Jess is very, promiscuous is not the word, but I would say very like no. uh, expressive of, yeah. of, of the, the joys of the body, which is ironic given the stories we're going to go into it soon. Super <laughs> ironic. I know it really is. You're someone that loves to but, celebrate yeah. the body, but also has like kind of yeah. felt insecure about the same subject yeah I know I how does that both such a, such a Gemini theme. thing you know I love I my know, body I want to be right. naked in all times and then at the same time <laughs> I'm, I'm rejecting my body okay so let's get into let's get into the stories guys yeah you're welcome to our conversations mm -hmm. at all times all day of the Every day. Okay, so for the last year, we've been chatting about in a in a in one of the many themes we have in our life is the victim story mm -hmm. thing, which first came into my own life. Yeah. I've said the story before, but I'll kind of start us off. I'll kick us off with my victim story. I first found, which was when I was dating the guy before Atlas, and you were obviously watched that situation. Where probably I would say, would you say you were happy that ended? <laughs> Yeah. I did yeah. never think he was right for you. <laughs> I know. Well, it took me a little longer to figure that out than you did. But I yeah. played a victim story in that because for many personal reasons in his own life, he was being a victim to many things in his life. And while he was unable to come to Portugal, where I was living at the time, I was waiting and waiting and waiting for him to arrive. And I was getting more and more upset that he wasn't arriving for his own victim stories back in the U.S., and instead of just living my best life and thriving and making friends and getting to know the new country I was in, I was just getting more and more reclusive and frustrated that he wasn't arriving and his 
repeated delays to arriving so that we could start our life together in Portugal got more and more frustrating. And I became more and more reclusive and, and introverted and holding myself back from what I could have done, which is go out there and have a good time. Because he certainly wasn't mm -hmm. stopping me. I was stopping me because I didn't want to go start making my roots in the city without him being there along with me. So when that all kicked off, it ultimately ended. He never came to Portugal in like a full long-term way that we had planned. Then when it ended, I was so serious, serious is a good word for it, about figuring out what my involvement in why it ended and also what I could do to not have to repeat the same stuff ever again, that I heard my inner voice after a lot of inner voicing say the word victim victim. I was being a victim. And so I was a victim, which is in part what led to the conclusion of the relationship. Certainly, as you were saying, I, it's a good thing I'm not in that relationship. Certainly not a good fit for me. But yeah. <laughs> part of what made it bad was, or worse, let's say, was the fact that I wasn't even living my best life where I was, even though there was nothing actually stopping me except for myself and a story that I needed to wait for him before I could live my best life there. And then after the ending, I was upset at the ending I did my best and you were pretty impressed, I think, a little bit impressed. Mm -hmm. You know, I did pretty totally. good with that end, yeah. but I still was like sad and kind of like licking my wounds, you could say, as a victim at mm -hmm. the end of that situation, which I think a lot of us do. We like sit there, oh, it was so good. It's not now. And like all this, you know, stuff, we torture ourselves instead of yeah. thrive. And so again, my inner voice said I was being a victim to the situation instead of thriving. And so by the time my most recent relationship ended last year, I promised myself after that first one, I really meant it. I wanted to get all the wisdom out of that one. So I did repeat that same kind of thing ever again. And so I certainly wasn't a victim in a year ago when my relationship ended and you thought you would have to do what <laughs> when it ended? Yeah, I thought I was gonna have to fly over there and like nurse you back to health, but you, you didn't need me and you handled it with such <laughs> grace. I was in total shock. And it was because I had learned because the lesson. At one point we both thought he was your person. Oh, for sure. We did. Yeah, totally. You did. And it wasn't. And I thrived. And yeah. here I am. And I never really, I mean, it wasn't that I didn't have emotions and like some journey to, you know, I guess beanbags right. and stuff, but I was never a victim. And that I have noticed, but let's say like, I don't know, five to 10 other victim stories have come up for myself since then, littler ones, which I'll get into more in the class if those are interested in my, whatever ones will come up for that. But I noticed that and it's become a huge theme. And then of course, if it's something that I'm aware of, I like to bring it to my friend and help her as well. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so we've been looking at the theme <laughs> of victim story and your life as well. And I know we'll get into your victim stories personally in a second, but in terms of being my friend and the things that I'm yeah. into and you inevitably get to hear about, what are the things that you're on board with and what are the things you're not claiming? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on board with most of your things. So like, you know, law of attraction and, you know, you know, positivity and all those kinds of things really resonate with me. I connect to them, you know, very well. But the thing I, I probably reject the most is the uh, past lives. I don't relate to that at all. So like, I just shut down that <laughs> for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like earmuffs whenever I talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But yeah. That's probably the main one. Okay. So now let's get into some of your favorite victim stories of your mm -hmm. own life and what we've caught over the last year in, or you've caught really in yourself. What, what are some of the themes and what do you notice? Obviously they're not just from the last year for you, nor 
for many of us that go really far back. But what are some of the themes you noticed looking back in your life that you've been playing victim to in your own life? Oh, so many. So mainly relationships. I've been a huge victim in those. And then, you know, in regards to the weight issue, which has been an also like a, a thing that I've been dealing with. I mean, and also career. So I would say those three main things, which really, when you think about it, the career and like love, those are like big themes in anyone's life. So uh, to have those not functioning properly is a big, big deal. As you've recently like, gone through. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, w- I would say the first main one that kind of catapulted it though was relationships. And, you know, I had two back-to-back long-term relationships and I was pretty victimy in both of those, but sec- certainly the second one um, was really tough. Actually, when I think about the first one, you got criticized for mm-hmm. your body back then, even though you were quite lean and young at the time. So it's kind of like weight in relationships. Mm-hmm really were intertwined from the very beginning. Uh, Definitely. And I think probably why I wasn't able to leave the second one when I should have is probably because of like some unworthiness and stuff related to, to those issues that I wasn't facing. Yeah. Do you mind going into the stories that were, that you attached to for the body in the relationship or wherever you want to start? Yeah. I'll start with the body because that was the earliest one. So um, I had a high, high school boyfriend at the time. And this is the time of, I was, I graduated high school in 2000. So this is around the time of like the super thin body standards and heroin chic type of trending talk. And um, I grew up very naturally thin and fit. So when I started to like change into a woman's body and put a little bit of weight, just get a little bit of curves I was really criticized for that by this boyfriend and there were different, um, it it sort of kind of became known that like our relationship wasn't going to move forward if I couldn't like get weight issues under control. And did he say that? Um, kind of, I mean, it wasn't, yes, earlier on it was implied and then later on it was full out basically said. And, um, looking back, you know, I can't believe, I allowed myself to, to go through that. But in the moment, um, I felt super, uh, it was just super painful. I felt such shame about it. And I didn't even really uh, notice it was a problem for me until someone else had pointed it out, basically. And I even recall a time where he, like, this is something that just sticks out in my mind as like a real point of shame for me, where he said that even his father had said, you know, tell Jess she really needs to get a handle on her weight. She's putting on weight or whatever. And at the time, I've seen photos of myself looking back at that time and I I was barely putting on weight. So like at the time it felt like this huge deal, but looking back, it was something I didn't need to take in. I didn't need to internalize that as truth. And Um, for whatever reason I did, you know, and I think I know why I actually, yeah, tell me. Epiphany. This is yeah. like us normally. Okay, Are we wait. A breakthrough? Okay, uh, I think so. We're adding to the endless okay, stories of our conversation. Uh-huh. I'm having a breakthrough right now because I know this story well. But one of the other stories, I don't know if you, uh-huh. it feels connected. So tell me. So when yeah, yeah. Jess has young parents, how old were they when they had you? Uh, seven. My mother was seventeen. My dad. Yeah. Came. So. And they were really, they're still together and happy and everything. So you had the story, yes. right, in yourself that you were going to have a young relationship 
like a I'll meet my partner young oh, as 100%. well. Hundred percent. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that story of I met my partner young too, and then he starts criticizing you and being not helpful. You stuck with him for the story of my partner and I are meeting at a young age. So he's the guy. So I I better do what this guy says because he's my person. If you didn't have that story, I wonder if you would (laughs) parking lot Jess, which parking lot Jess is (laughs) Jess's alter ego that takes no shit from people. And it's just like a foul mouth in the car. Yeah, (laughs) the car. I want her to do a social media. Like she would be famous on social media if she just was filmed (laughs) driving her car. So (laughs) that part of you would have dropped this guy to the curb, literally. But I wonder if the story about the young parent thing was part of what led that. I think you're 100% right because I idolized my parents' relationship and still do to some way and wanted that for myself. And I, and you know, in any relationship, the beginning parts are great. So I always was expecting us to get back to that beginning part. And I was super young, like 16 when we started dating. So it was all I knew. This person was sort of my best friend. And when he started to do those things, and it's not like it was terrible all the time. So it's, you don't realize that it's happened, you know, you don't realize how bad it is. I the guess. frog in the boiling pot. Yes, exactly. So it was like, whoa. And then looking back, this I'm is like, a jacuzzi. No, it's not. I'm scalding. <laughs> <Yes, exactly. laughs> I was like, just jump out. No, yeah. but at the time, I just tolerated it. And then, you know, what's funny is like back, so it initially wasn't really a weight issue, but it did become a weight issue for me because instead of, you know, using their words as motivation to say, you know, whatever for myself. Like I'm not going to do, I'm not going to either listen to that or, you know, I'm going to lose a little weight and prove to you wrong or whatever. I just felt such shame and low about it that I put on more weight and, you know, wasn't taking care of myself. Even like healthy habits I had had, I didn't do anymore. Like I was pretty active and then I just stopped being active. And she was the cheerleader. And I learned this last night, I think, <laughs> when you told me that you were the captain of the cheerleading team and made everyone run laps just for what was the reason you made them run the laps? <laughs> Conditioning. <laughs> so she's, she was uh, sassy and controlling the team. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't get that kind of power when I was in soccer practice. I just like picked up the cones as a captain of a team. I don't know how it happened, but yeah, like <laughs> I was super active. And then all of a sudden, like when someone's telling you to be active and like they're hinging something huge on it, like, like a relationship moving forward, like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, and even if I did try, nothing stuck because I wasn't doing it out of love for myself. Yeah, you're doing it out of approval. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I wonder if this ties to social media and doing it for love of yourself versus approval. Interesting. Okay. But that's later in the story. So the so the guy picks on your weight Mm -hmm. and you have a story, if I'm summarizing what we've just went over and tied together now. But you have a story that says, I need to be with my young partner because this is how my parents were. Mm -hmm. Just like I couldn't move forward and thrive in Portugal. Why? Because I didn't want to get further into being integrated into Portugal without my theoretical partner being there to do it along with me, to make the friends with me, to go to the restaurants with me. So I held myself back under a limiting story. And your limiting story was the first person I date has to be my life partner, no matter what. Yeah. You know what, now that you say that, so he, it wasn't just that he was important to me at the time. Like he was a family member of ours. Like he did everything with us and like, he became really close with my parents and, you know, so it felt like to leave him was to like leave this huge part of my life at a time. And like, 
I don't know, maybe at, at my young age, it was just too much to handle, but I certainly held on into my late twenties. So, you know, I didn't need to do that. Yeah, you abandoned, as we'll get to, you abandoned yourself. Surely did. Okay, so how else did you abandon yourself, Jess? (laughs) (laughs) Going into the second relationship. Yeah, Yeah, so the second relationship, uh, like, also starts out great, you know, really loved him and still do in different ways. But yeah, we had a lot of great things, but he just had a ton of trauma and issues on his own that he couldn't overcome and in victim stories, victim stories, big time. And instead of just, um, accepting after a few years of stagnancy that this was going nowhere, like I held on for dear life and, um, made myself small, gained even more weight, depressed about job, um, you know, depressed about my life. Like I wanted to travel, I wanted to do all these things. And I, I told myself I couldn't do them because I was waiting on him and, I don't know. I just felt like I was in this holding pattern. Oh, and I remember feeling so lost and just a shell of a human, you know, because I'd ab- a bit completely abandoned everything that I wanted to, to try to wait for him to be ready. And I thought, you know, I had so many victim stories about like, well, if only he, he's going to see that I'm the right partner for him, that I, no one can love him like I can and all these things. And like, if, why can't he see those things about me? And, um, it really wasn't anything about me at all, but I had made it about me. And he'd even told me that, but I, I just was like, it's gotta be something with me, you know? And that was a huge thing too, where I took that on and abandoned myself. And then was in this whole victim story about it being me when it really wasn't. Yes. And then as what happened to that too, is that you were, you're vibrationally, let's say doing better and better and better and growing and growing. And then he wasn't, mm-hmm. he was in his big victim story that really stunted his vibrational growth and well being. And so for you to stay, you had to match a frequency that matched that low place to be with him. Yeah. And I, because and if I you would really say, stayed higher, you would have outgrew him. Totally. And I would say that I did him harm, like to be completely honest, like just by lowering myself too, like he got worse, the worse I got too. So it's, it was just, <laughs> Oh, you mean that your binge eating and spending money and all that stuff was not helping the situation? Shock, horror. Right? <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny when we look at this, looking back, it's so funny to, and I'm liberating at the same time, right? That we can laugh and it's not determining your future or even your now. Oh my God. Yeah. It's right? so You're not funny. crying. We're laughing. No, exactly. Like, I feel so neutral about it, which I never, like, it, if you would have asked me that in that moment, I would have never thought I could get to this point where I could look at it objectively and be like, wow, like, really, why'd you put yourself through that? And not recognize that person is, is such a gift. I mean, I felt compassion for her, but I don't identify as that person anymore, which is lots of beanbags. Lots later. of beanbags. <laughs> Some of them that you had to pull me through. <laughs> How many beanbags do you think you've released with me alone? Oh my god! Not even on your own, just just even on the phone with me. <sighs> I can't even recall too many to think too many to think of. Starfished on the bed, oh. just like 
Oh my Flying gosh. Puppy on the yeah. bed. Yeah. She's just like, sometimes she's like, I don't have time for this. I know I just need to cry. I know. But I, I just can't. I can't. Oh I'm like, my don't God. go there. And then okay. we'll remember too the time where I'm like, this isn't working. Fuck this. Oh yeah. Oh, the, the table. Ta- the table. Yeah. She was very parking lot just in that moment. This isn't even true. And you're like, I don't even, I like to, I'm, I'm kidding myself. Yeah. <laughs> this is working. I'm still in the same place I, like, I, I have. I'm pretending. It doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you've been divorced from your inner voice for about two months now, oh I think. Gosh, <laughs> it was I just know. like, that's not even a thing. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, um, but, and then how did you, let's tell the broke okay. story. Cause I think it's brilliant. Oh my okay. God, yeah. Tell the broke story. Oh my God. So like I've been, this is, let me preface. This is from table tipping Jess that says this, this law of attraction <laughs> thing's not even real. The universe hates me. Uh-huh. And Full like I'm being smited. It was full on yeah. job. It was really grim. I love when we can laugh at my misery now. I know we are laughing about this. People are like, they're really sadistic. Unhinged. No, yeah. we're just no, yeah. It's because it's so funny and like the rapidness of how it will change. So like I'm in this terribly dark period financially, which is not long ago, just a couple <laughs> weeks. Last week, no. <laughs> No, like, it's recent, it's guys, but recent. not that recent. recent. But so anyway, um, <laughs> I'm complaining about how broke I am all the time because my income is not stable. I freelance and then I have a small business. So it's all, you know, feeding off each other. So I had a dark period where I wasn't getting any work and like things just weren't happening for me. And like the money is just draining out of the account. And then I'm just constantly like saying I'm broke I'm broke. I'm so worried about being so broke. And like all of a sudden I'm noticing in this one particular week, all these things Things that I loved, by the way, keep breaking around me, like the little beautiful antique dish I have that I keep my keys just like jumped off the table and shattered and like everything around me was breaking. I can't even remember all the things that were breaking, but like four, There's about four five. or five different glass items in one week. And like I was cleaning up the last one and I was just like pissed, you know, like swearing under my breath, like I can't believe this. And then I said something about it being broken and I had this epiphany like, oh my God, like it's because I keep saying how broke I am. Like everything around me is breaking and I couldn't wait to tell you because it was like mind blowing that that ha- was happening. And I was like, oh my God, like my words matter. <laughs> like actually. Um, yeah. You realized it in yourself and you stopped saying broke I after did, that. Yeah. And like things are com- a complete change from just that short time in my life. I know that was a really fun trifecta because you had the broke mm-hmm. things. I had a shower drain block yeah. and I was like, I have a block and I'm blocked in the shower. I'm blocked <laughs> in my life. There's a block. It's in the, it's in my reality, out of my reality. And then I have another friend who slammed her finger in the door and lost her fingernail. Oof, yeah. And we're like, Ooh, what is this one? And so I knew these were all outer manifestations for all three mm-hmm. of us that were related to the inner as above, so below, or when you get the inside, right, the outside falls into place or out of place as the case may be. (laughs) So so I was like, my block's a block. And I was like, it's obvious it's blocked. I'm blocked. I know I'm blocked. And so is the shower drain as I'm blocked. And then you were breaking the stuff. I was so excited for you and also sad. I didn't crack your code (laughs) that you Mm -hmm. caught that you broke the broke thing. But then the friend also cracked her own code and realized her finger. Cause I was like, what's the door? And the, I was like, there was a fly in involved. So I was like, maybe something's distracting or bugging her. And like, you know, I was trying to come up with it and she found her own block. She figured out what it was. It was, um, she wasn't closing the door fully on a chapter in Mm. her life. 
And so I was like, ooh, that's yeah. good. Like, it's just so fascinating that we think all these things completely are happenstance. And that's not to say certain things are a little more spontaneous, let's say. But when you have really specific things or like you had a full-on pattern of breaking things at that point. I did, yeah. It's so helpful to recognize that we are creating our reality. Have you questioned the the creator that you are ever since or no? No, but you just reminded me of another funny thing that related to the body issues I had. Remember when I first started dating, I was like... <laughs> Maybe this is TMI, but whatever. We're in it. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> we're in it. We're in it. That's the, your 14th book title. We're in it. Oh. One of her, her first book title, guys, is you call this first class. <laughs> Still my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she likes the finer things in life. I do. Um, so remember when I was first started dating and I was really worried about the body issues because I still wasn't like totally accepting and I was like, no one's going to want to sleep with me. Yes, this is her after these two relationships. She's finally on the market again and she's convinced that her body issues were going to yeah, stop like, people. And then um, I kept worrying about that. And then all I met was people who only cared to have a physical relationship with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> completely to the point of when you had that lawyer come up to you and you're like, I know that's yeah, all you want. Exactly. So, like, I had to like rework that language now with myself and like hopefully bring in some people who. <laughs> what the whole package <laughs> please god the whole package yeah no yeah. so that was funny but yeah like my words are pretty powerful i guess yeah that mm -hmm. one's true okay so the victim story around uh work was interesting because that kind of fed the feeding thing so not only actually the body eating stuff fed from the first partner and also the unhappiness at a work situation yeah that's true like back, so back when I first had the first realization, which you and I have talked about many times was that I had um, this internship in, in, uh, when I was in college and it was super mundane, like corporate stuff. My mom got me the job, but it was paying really well for people that age. So it seemed like it was going to be this exciting opportunity, but in it, I had this epiphany or realization, I guess, that this is what I was working towards this really stifling mundane corporate life that was like void of creativity and just it I don't know whatever it was about that situation just really hit me hard where I was like oh my god like this is my life and I would like I learned to soothe myself basically by I mean and weight issues so I was getting some of the badgering about the weight issues too so it didn't help but I would go in the car like I would leave for lunch and like get fast food or whatever and eat in my car and like that was my moment of like peace and soothing and then I would like go back to this job that I hated or whatever and I remember that I specifically remember that connection like to where I started to like have that pattern in my life which I did carry out like not just with food but with spending and stuff like that like a, a pattern of soothing this void in me that I wasn't facing or I didn't know how to fix basically did you do mm -hmm. uh, this is a question with the first partner when he was picking mm -hmm. on your weight did you self-soothe with eating then too or no not at first but I did notice so I ended up moving with this partner to Atlanta after college um and I did sort of hide food. Like I, I was never a binger, but like anytime I would, I, I started to have like shame around food, I guess, because if I ate something junky on my own, like I wouldn't tell them or something like that. Like it became like a weird, uh, 
thing that I would do sometimes, I noticed. Like I would, if I ate fast food at lunch or something like that, I wouldn't tell him if he's like, what do you have for lunch today? I was like, oh, you know, nothing. <laughs> Not I was a pillar of the community. Yeah. I ate carrot sticks. <laughs> like I would hide that and like, or, you know, because I had felt shame around eating, like just nourishing my body, like became like the shameful thing, whether it was a healthy choice or not, shouldn't have mattered. But yeah. How about spending? Yeah, spending is a was a big one for me too. Like um, the more, because I wasn't happy in the career or in life or with the relationship, anything, you know, like that last relationship, I just was in a really dark place. So like I did always spend more than I earned um, in this attempt to like have a distraction or like, and again, feel something like right now, of course I like nice things, but I don't have this void that I'm trying to fill or this um, constant need to, have new things or have distractions which is nice because that was a theme for my life too like what next I'm decorating a room or I'm planning a wardrobe or something so just overspending just to spend yeah it seems like you were kind of fussing with something you could control because you couldn't control your partner's readiness for what you wanted yeah I think so it felt like there it was actionable even though it wasn't you know helpful it felt like I was doing something I think yeah. So once we saw the victim stories mm-hmm. in ourselves and you saw them for yourself, um, one of them was a really interesting journaling experience where you like had an epiphany. You yeah, share that, one? I, that was huge for me. That was my first big breakthrough, I think. And I, I do want to say too, like I, since I struggle with hearing my inner voice, I connect to it through journaling, but that's where I can sort of get everything out um that's when I usually have epiphanies so I was remember journaling in the park and just kind of stream of consciousness writing and then like I started getting into the issues I'd had and you know I realized that all these years I was worried about being abandoned and I had abandoned myself I'd abandoned everything I wanted for the sake of like making relationships work or trying to fit in you know like get the good job get a house do all these things like I was you know desperate to make these things work so I just abandoned everything about myself and it was really liberating to see that because then I could completely change it you know I didn't have to stay a victim to any of the things that I was struggling with and like things I've been struggling with for a long time it wasn't you know the weight the job the whatever the relationship these are things that were long suffering things for me so to be able to see that and step out of it and look at it objectively be like wow I just don't have to live that way anymore even if my circumstance didn't change dramatically, like my mental uh, changed and the way I saw it changed. So it made everything feel different. Yeah. And right now I would say that you have different exciting uh, habits, not maybe the right way to look at it, but like things in your life right now that you're loving so much. Like you retold the story on fruit juice <laughs> for yourself and what was allowed. She goes, tell, tell this, yeah. some of the limiting beliefs you took on and then took off yourself. Yeah, well, on that. totally. So back in my diet culture days or whatever, I mean, and this is another thing that's not that these are things I'm still dealing with, but like the, the ability to have cold pressed juice was like a no, no, because it's like, well, that'll probably affect my blood sugar and, or, you know, make me gain weight or something. But like, I was, 
I was telling you, remember, like, I don't question that whenever I eat like pizza or a burger. Like, I don't, I don't think about the macronutrients <laughs> or whatever. So I was like, why can't I have fresh juice? And now I'm like really enjoying having these cold pressed juices that I make mocktails out of. And it's, be, it's been such a joy to experience that and not feel weird about it. It's just something healthy I can be, be excited about. I remember that. Remember that you had that week of protein? <laughs> God, they remind me. <laughs> I don't know. God, that was a few months ago. You were eating like 12 eggs. You were like a bodybuilder. I don't oh know why gosh. the weight loss culture wants to make everybody like I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't. God forbid you have a celery juice. That'll just throw you over the edge. But you were like having protein overload and were like so uncomfortable. Oh my God. And I don't even like it that much. I was like, how can I get more protein in it? I, I, it was misery. Like, <laughs> you had a lot of protein that few days. I did. And at first I felt like really proud of myself because I was accomplishing something. And then I was like, this is disgusting and it doesn't feel good. And why am I doing it again? And then, you know, also the realization of like, if this is what it takes, it's not worth it to me. Like that was also a big one. Like say that was the magical thing. Like if that's what it takes to be happy and feel good, then or to lose the weight, I wasn't going to feel good about it. So I guess that was the point. Yes. And one of the other things that you had to allow yourself to do as well mm -hmm. as fruit juice was cook in the fancy yes. cookbooks. Oh fancy my pantry. gosh. Yeah. That's a big one. So before I started Coquette, I would collect all these beautiful, beautiful cookbooks and I would never allow myself to cook from them unless I had like an occasion or something special to cook from because I was like, I don't like for whatever reason, it was like this undeserving that I don't get to have I don't deserve yeah, this like, beautiful meal you know that has all these things in it that you know diet culture tells you you shouldn't have like you know carbs or whatever yeah. so I would deny myself these things and these experiences and then like these cookbooks that I never cooked from and but then you know I would you know get McDonald's or eat something else that was low quality when I could have just been having these beautiful experiences for myself it was that's a sad one for me looking back on how I didn't do that. I know it, it bled into fashion too. It did. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair though, like there just weren't, there still aren't great options if you are a curvy person, but there certainly weren't good ones when that was happening to me for the first time. But even so, like I didn't, I just stopped pursuing this huge passion of mine, which was fashion and style and, um, I just totally cut myself off from it. And um, it just affected me dramatically. Now that I, you know, care about what I wear again, and I'm back into, you know, that and buying better clothes, buying better shoes, like it's done wonders for my self-esteem and self-worth. And also just the fact that I'm, you know, taking care of myself again. I know. And loving yourself in the now rather than waiting for the the when. Yes. I think that is the biggest thing that's made the biggest impact in my life because it's not like, oh, I lost this weight and like now I get to treat myself. No, I'm just accepting myself now. It doesn't mean that I don't hope to change or get a little fit, more fit or healthier or whatever the case may be, but I can love myself now enough to do those things for myself and be happy. And you can have coquette mm -hmm. and you don't have to be some rail thin supermodel and have coquette. Right. Why I thought that I needed that seems silly now, but I mean, I get it because of the issues I had, but yeah, I could have started that earlier maybe.
but I know, isn't it interesting how these stories we told ourselves limit our potentials to Mm -hmm. what we allow ourselves to have versus what truly was possible. Totally. Right. You could have dumped that first boyfriend. You didn't have to put up with that except for the victim story that I must be with whoever Mm -hmm. I'm with first until the end. Or who am I? Yeah. So coupled with that and the fear of like unknown that we do to ourselves is crazy. Because why would we assume it's not going to be better than that? You know? Yeah. Why did you think you had to be, what was the story of, I can't have coquette. I can't have a cooking passionate product line or shop, you could say, until I'm a certain size. Why was that connected in the mind? I think it was my fear of being seen. Like I, if I put myself out there and like shine light on myself in any way, then like, I'm going to have to be out there. And like, I don't, I mean, honestly, I still don't like photos of myself. I, I don't think I look like myself in photos. So that is still an issue I'm dealing with, but I'm proud at least that I've done moved forward with it and I'm pursuing the business and I love the business and things like that, but it is still a, a bit of a thing. And it's that fear of like, exposing yourself in a way you're not in a, in a form you're not proud of. Cause I think I was always the stylish person or the person who cared about, you know, that. And then when I rejected those things for myself, then I was like, Ooh, like no one, I don't want to be seen until I get that straightened out. So I think that's where it's from. Yeah. That theme I can hear in the mind is like, when I get it under control, when I get it straightened out, I think that's your family conditioning. hundred percent. Not your parents specifically, but I think that's a phrase that comes out of your environment. I don't think that's actually you. I think so many people uh, do that, you know, where it's like, because I don't, I don't remember it being so much a family thing, but like just a theme in life where, yeah, when, when I do this, then I can have this. And like this whole punishment reward system, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm actually thinking the phrases, like, Mm -hmm. because I talk to you for Mm -hmm. a million hours a year. So I hear your, your inner dialogue, your Mm -hmm. dialogue, like all of you, (laughs) your beanbags, your every, every facet of you. And I can say when I get it under control or when I get it figured out, it almost sounds like I can relate to Mm -hmm. it because we both grew up in Michigan. It almost sounds like an uncle, a male (laughs) older person (laughs) phrasing of things. It doesn't sound like you, you know, you're chuggy, you're funny and quirky and irreverent and hip, let's say. You keep me young, even though you're older than me. (laughs) But that phrase just sounds like a 50-year-old, 55-year-old man in Michigan saying, when you get it under control, when you get it straightened out, it doesn't even sound like Jess. I don't think that's you. I think that's just a story that that you've like it's oh, a virus totally. you've picked up in the in the Midwest, but it's not even a female. <laughs> it's like no, it doesn't feel like me. I I agree. I would agree with yeah, that. It's not you. It feels it's not authentic. No, it's not authentic for sure. Something about lingerie or wearing one of those <laughs> see-through dresses—that's you. But that getting it straightened out, getting it under control—that story isn't that interesting. So that's not even a story. That's even your story. It's like litter you picked up on the side of the road and didn't notice was still yes, on your tires. Yes, I think that's the great challenge of life, though, is like figuring out how to stay true to who you are and not pick up all this stuff along the way, like this conditioning of our environment or... All the trash. <laughs> all the trash. Yeah, like it's just trash. It's noise. It's trash. It's, yeah, it's like we don't have to take that on. And like, a yeah. No. How about relationships? That was a big story. Yeah. 
I mean, turning 40 and being in a, that was a victim story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was a big story for me. Turning 40. Remember how terrified I was? And I was like, just panicked. And you know what? It put a timeline on everything for me too. I was like, I was supposed to leave this industry before 40. I was supposed to have a partner before 40. Like I felt this internal pressure, which is why I think my, my very first trip on the dating apps was super traumatic. I I apologize again. (laughs) For those that don't know, she got into a different dating scenario and that went badly. And I was like, get on the dating apps. (laughs) Now I feel like I've, I I have, I wish if I could, if I had one regret in life was getting you on the dating apps. (laughs) That's hilarious. And this is me speaking from a human funny way, guys. I don't really have regrets, but if I had one, if I was to pick one on the human level, getting you to do a dating app. I was like so dead set. I'm not getting on them. And then now that I've been on them, it's like. Getting you off them has been my (laughs) my life's work. I'm sorry. I was like a meth addict that got you into meth and I got out of it and got clean and sober and you just went to a dark place. I know. You know, it's so funny too how like I know it's not for me or not working, but then I'll like inch back in for a little bit and then (laughs) let's just see. Let's just see. see. And I was like, uh, when has it been good? <laughs> it's never been good. It's a hellscape. Yeah. No. No. Okay, so but dating though, let's let's go back. So stories and victimhood or lack of the story now that you're telling yourself around relationship. Yeah. So something that's pretty new that feels amazing is that I don't feel this need to have a partner, like to be happy. Like I don't like of course I would love one to share my life with, but there's not a need or an urgency at all to find the person. Um and that is huge because I really didn't think I'd get there. Um, no, and then, you've like, argued letting... with me actively about <laughs> not <ever> wanting <laughs> so to be there. And I've been saying that constantly in the last few years. And you were like, <laughs> not me. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, nope, I need someone. And yeah, so like, I hope that that works out. I hope I find him. But like to the level of peace I have in my life and just the feeling good every day, you know, like that is what I love. So like, I only want someone that can just make that better not be a drain or like settling in any way like never and it feels really good to not have this like clock ticking over my head like you're getting older like find him you're running out of time you know like that was huge for me and I don't feel that anymore at all the best thing that ever happened to you is you turned 40 like I think so because you were so antsy before it and then you chilled out so much why do you think you chilled out after because for anyone else that maybe has that same story heading into 40 you know what was the why was it the best thing is actually turning 40 I think to realize that nothing really changed like (laughs) it's not like I still woke up yeah it's not like these doors slammed on me and I was like denied all of life's great things like I'm just getting better honestly I'm having more breakthroughs and personal things which is awesome and like I'm just getting more clear about what I want and who I am and I think um letting like having that um has also released the fear I guess but I don't know if it's cyclical or whatever but um it's yeah it's just like nothing really is different I'm just better yeah exactly and the 26 year old still in love with you around the corner (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I didn't think I'd be him up in the in the show, but you know, you still got yeah. the young ones chasing after you. <laughs> I got to get more clear with the universe, like please, it's my age. But yeah, 
<laughs> I think it's coming in slowly. The the viewer yeah. age is it's showing up more and more now. <laughs> it is, yeah. So what yeah. would you tell anyone else that's telling similar stories to themselves, to any of the ones we've touched on? I, actually, before I even get to that question, uh -huh. I also want to point out, we, we joked about this before we did the show that, you know, you were like, well, I've, I made the joke about you're not Jared from Subway standing with your <laughs> giant pants yeah. and like, this is my transformation. <laughs> or you're not, you know, doing any of that kind of dramatic before and after. Your inner reality feels much different but you were saying something about how you know i think it's powerful to say the outer reality yes. isn't dramatically different yet but that doesn't mean you had to be miserable anymore that's what i think is the most important thing about all of this is that i'm still in the middle of all these things i'm still it's still messy it's still learning i haven't conquered any of the issues but i feel wildly different about all of them like i feel excited and happy in clear rather than like fearful and you know none of nothing's really changed except my inner world so I mean a, a couple minor a little more stable with the financial or whatever but overall I'm still in the middle of it I'm still learning but I feel really good and you really have clear. those nice shoes and you have those juices yeah. you're having every day like these are those yes. things that are, are in your reality on the outside that right. change too the money yeah the juices the nice uh -huh. shoes Yep. These are just the so first like, trickling in things. Exactly. And I'm like, my business, you know, is small and slow growth, but it's fun. And I still get to feel grateful that I get to work on it every day and those type of things. So well, it's just all hopeful, hopeful now. Yeah. Do you think if you listen to this episode with someone that said, I had all these stories and then they don't have that, the Jared pant subway guy <laughs> situation to show you the, the shiny after. Cause I know you tell me about the TikTok you watch and then those like transformations. Yes. Okay. So uh -huh. if you were listening to this and you're like, oh, but she didn't have the transformation yet. <laughs> she doesn't have that outer dramatic yeah. thing. Do you think that would, I'm just curious, do you think that would affect your interest in the story? I do actually, because I think it would be super comforting to know that you can have, because really what we're chasing is a feeling, right? Like, um, losing the weight is about feeling good and finding the partner is about feeling loved and all those things. And if you can just feel that on your own without really changing much, isn't that really just as great? So I'm, I'm feeling like that, that is the biggest gift of all because I didn't have to have these dramatic external shifts, which ultimately means that no matter where I am in life, because challenges will keep coming up, I'll, I can always be happy and fine. And this is, you know, from the metaphysician of me going, now you're in alignment for the rest of it to flow oh, naturally yes. and organically because you're I not, because you're at the frequency of having it without the outer reflection. But when your inside's right, the outside falls into place. So just like broke was making you break stuff. Now you're like, I feel good. So the things that feel good are going to start matching. Like that's the uh, that's the shift that the TikTokers talk about. But whether they yes. know how to actually live that out, this is ground zero. Totally. I do think it's sort of hard to uh, connect with it until you're in it a little bit. Like it took me a bit. I had to get a little momentum going. But now that it's going... I really feel like I'm already seeing a lot of shifts because of what you said, like now I'm in alignment with it. So things are starting to shift, but feeling good before the shift was really the key. So 
And, and also like, yeah. what a gift. What a gift. Now, what would you tell anybody that's had any or all <laughs> of the <laughs> stories we've just touched on? And they're like, oh, that's like me. That's like me. Yeah. What would you say to anyone just starting out in some part of those earlier journeys that you've been in? Maybe they're still abandoning themselves. Yeah. I would say to to firstly be really kind to yourself and really patient with yourself because it's hard going through all this stuff and digging this stuff up and really looking at it and like admitting where admitting a victim story is is sometimes hard to do like to admit where you played a role in these things but um just be kind and be patient and it's going to get so good it's oh, worth wow. it it's worth the pain oh, i Temporary love that pain. thank you <laughs> yeah thank you for chatting with me for yet another hour of our lives <laughs> it's been a pleasure very fun and may something wonderful happen to you today Thank you.